The woman was too young to remember it for, her, for herself, but she heard the story from her parents. That one day her mother was out, her dad was in charge. She was about two and a half years old at the time and had obviously learned something about hospitality because she took the tea set that someone had given her as a gift and while her dad was watching the evening news, she took him a cup of tea. Well, it was water, but he thought that was really cute and sweet and so he asked for some more and so she brought some more and, of course, you know, praised his daughter very much. Well, when the mom came home, the dad said, All right, wait right here and watch as the daughter brought him a cup of tea because it was just the cutest thing. So her mom waited, and sure enough, here came the little girl down the hall with a cup of tea for daddy, and she watched him drink it up. And then the mom said, did it ever occur to you that the only place that she can reach to get water is the toilet? Isn't that nice hospitality? (laughs) Can you think of a time when you have been received warmly? A place where you have received hospitality? Can you think of a time when you have not been received warmly? In today's Bible story, we learn about radical hospitality. Luke sets the scene for us. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus is passing through the town of Jericho. And in Jericho, we meet Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector who was wealthy. Thank you for that background, Linda. That was helpful. And as with any government then, the minority Jews had to pay taxes. They were unhappy about this. And so, as they saw Zacchaeus as a traitor, they did, want, did not want anything to do with him. He got to set the prices for the taxes, and he got to keep the profits. And yet he did have this one thing in common with them. He wanted to see a celebrity. To see a celebrity these days, we pay a lot of money to sit or stand in a room with hundreds of other people to see a person whose reputation has preceded him or her. Hundreds go next door to Jefferson Center to see concerts there. Thousands will see Bill Cosby at the Roanoke Civic Center this week, and then soon after that, Carrie Underwood, the same. So we we will pay quite a bit to see a celebrity. And we see Zacchaeus doing a little something odd to see a celebrity too. It was very unusual for a man in his culture, of his status, to run. It was just not done. I think about the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son, when the father ran to meet his son, very uncouth. And yet, Zacchaeus runs to the front, what he hopes to be the front of the parade route, where he will be able to see Jesus. But there are these taller people in front of him who, because he is a chief tax collector, have no inclination to show hospitality to him and let him pass through and be in the front of the crowd to be able to see Jesus as he passes by. And so, 
Zacchaeus does something else unbefitting a man of his culture and status. He climbs a tree. Now, when is the last time most of you have climbed a tree? It's not something that grown-ups do very often. But he does it. He wants to see Jesus so badly that he will forget whatever reputation he did have and climb that tree so that he can find Jesus. And Luke tells us then, when Jesus came to the place where Zacchaeus was apparently sitting on a branch, he looked up. We're going to stop in the middle of this verse here because this is important. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. He looked up at him. A big part of hospitality is simply seeing another person. In Patrick County, where my parents grew up, it used to be common for drivers to wave at each other as they passed on the road. Whether or not they knew each other, one, I don't know, different people had different practices, one finger or several fingers, usually they keep a hand on the wheel. I mean, yeah, a finger on the wheel, but, but there would be this wave as people passed by. Um, when Patrick County judge and author Martin Clark included this practice in one of his novels, his editor said, you've got to take that out. It is too far-fetched for anyone to believe. But Clark left it in, because it really happens still sometimes today. In, in his radical hospitality, Jesus looks up from the well-wishers along the road. He sees Zacchaeus. He acknowledges his presence. Seeing a person is the first step of hospitality. And then Jesus speaks. Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. Confession. When I was a child, I daydreamed about Michael Jackson or some other teen idol coming to my house and me making it a safe haven for them to get, a, get away from the pursuing crowd. Jesus wanted more than just to get away from the pursuing crowd, though. Jesus wanted a connection with Zacchaeus. Jesus wanted to transform his life, and so he calls Zacchaeus by name. We love hearing our names spoken. It's another step of hospitality. Have you ever wondered whether Jesus knows you well enough to call you by name? Do you feel that? Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name and invites himself over. While it may be a breach of etiquette, it's also a sign of respect. It shows Zacchaeus that Jesus sees him as an equal. Jesus accepts him just as he is, while other people reject him. I read that Colin Powell's father, Luther, often made friends of total strangers, didn't matter who you were, you were always welcome at Luther Powell's home. And apparently, Colin Powell was much like his father. 
The family was holding a small birthday party for Colin Powell at the official residence of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff when a family member answered a knock at the front door. Two young men identified themselves as Special Forces troops from Fort Bragg, North Carolina. They were passing through Washington and wanted to meet their hero, General Powell. And the relative said, we're having a family party right now. Maybe you could come back later. So the men left, but after they did, General Powell asked who was at the door. And when he found out, he dashed outside and he caught the men before they had gotten away. And within minutes, the two young sergeants were inside the house enjoying the party with the Powell family. Rank didn't matter. Whether they were strangers or friends didn't matter. These two men climbed a tree, a porch, to see their hero, and the hero did not turn them away. General Powell didn't even go outside and call to them, catch up with them, and thank them cordially for coming by. Like Jesus, he showed radical hospitality. He invited them in to the family party. Well, it sounds good, but some people don't like this idea of radical hospitality. When Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, the crowd grumbled. Here goes Jesus welcoming the wrong person again. In fact, as readers of Luke, we're surprised, too, that Jesus is so buddy-buddy with this guy because earlier in stories, we see that rich people don't fare well. They end up in Hades, as the story of the rich man and Lazarus. They end up dying young as the one who built all his silos and then didn't live to see the next morning. They end up walking away sadly because they have so many possessions. It's hard to be rich and follow Jesus. Zacchaeus was rich. He had defrauded numerous people. But when he experiences this extravagant gesture of God's hospitality, this extravagant offer of salvation to him, He is changed. Salvation makes an ethical difference in his life. And like Zacchaeus, we can't change our own pasts, but we can change what we do from this point forward. When the crowd began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, if, I will pay back four times as much. And Jesus sees the change, the transformation, and he says, Today salvation has come to this house. Hospitality leads to freedom. 
the hospitality of God's salvation leads to a newfound freedom and makes us into hospitable people. Daryl Robinson asked a congregation to raise their hands in response to a sequence of questions. I thought it's pretty interesting, so we're going to try that. How many of you came to know Christ through the direct influence of a TV ministry? Raise your hand. Zero. Okay. How many of you came to know Jesus through a radio program? Raise your hand. Zero. How many of you came to know Jesus through the influence of a book? Zero. A pastor? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, fourteen and a half. <laughs> okay. All right. How many of you came to know Christ through the direct influence of a family member or friend? All right. The broad, broad majority. So, yeah, close, close to 100, 75 maybe. So now you can picture your role in radical hospitality. Right? People listen to you a lot more than they listen to me. <laughs> you have more influence than I do. Your influence for Christ is powerful. I want you to see that, and you could see that. I want you to know that. I want you to experience that so it gives you a sense of power for being able to be hospitable to others and invite them to know Christ. Our results today are similar to what the Church Growth Institute found out. 86 of 100 visitors came to church at the invitation of a friend or relative. And in another another survey of the 4,000 new converts, people who did come to Christ that were surveyed, 75% indicated they were in church because they had been invited by a relative or friend. Now, radical hospitality means work. It means running. It means climbing a tree. It means going out into the neighborhood as some of one of our Sunday school classes did yesterday. They took the idea, after a study on hospitality, the journey class took the idea of hospitality to the streets. We realized we didn't know what would make people feel at home. Let's go out and see if we can start to get in touch with the neighborhood and find out what their needs are. And then we could learn how to meet them. And so 15 or 20 people showed up yesterday. They went out with trash bags, rakes, lawnmowers, trimmers. And while a few of the group, I would say maybe 20% of the group, had meaningful conversations with the neighbors, most did not. And so... It makes me surmise that it is not results that God is looking for, but our faithfulness. Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. 
I just imagine his eyes looking around as he's walking along you know, Jefferson Street, <laughs> a parade route, and he's seeing all these people around him. And then here's this tree, and here's this guy up in the tree. How do he know Zacchaeus' name? We don't know. But he wanted to connect with Zacchaeus. Who would you like to see connected with God? Can you think of someone in your neighborhood, among your group of friends, in places you work, who is not connected with God, who you would like for them to be connected with God? It takes work. But it is the faithfulness of radical hospitality to which Jesus calls us. So to sum up, we follow Zacchaeus' example of radical hospitality when we go to great lengths to seek Jesus, when we find him and we invite him into our lives and let him transform us. We follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality when we look for others, when we see them, when we speak to them, and when we invite them to experience God's salvation. It's radical hospitality. It's stepping out from our comfort zone. People need it. We have experienced it. And we go from here to show it. Let's pray for God's help. Powerful and loving God, we thank you for saving us. We thank you for those who have been brave enough to teach us about you. Help us then, O God, to carry the torch for the generations who need a relationship with God, with you, with the center of the universe, with their creator, with the one who loves them more deeply than a human could ever love. Help us to seek you, find you, and share you with others. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.